Stand up and be heard. Bikers Against Bullies USA. We fight bullying in communities across the nation. This is an organization that was started in 2012. And I'll go ahead and read the mission statement. It says, Bikers Against Bullies USA is a nonprofit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers, that is committed to creating awareness and educating both children and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. We strive to create a society in which our mutual respect will create a new role model for others. And through our actions, enable others to have the confidence to emulate this behavior and reiterate its positive message to others. And you can check out their website, bikersagainstbulliesusa.com. I guess they have chapters all over the country. If a kid is being bullied in school and they find out about it, they might escort that child uh, to school one day. And apparently, I guess this makes them look cool and it uh, brings awareness to the fact that that kid's being bully, bullied. Anyway, I was doing some research on bullying, and I came across that, and I thought that was interesting. But that is not the topic of the show today. So again, you're listening to the Seven Generation Podcast. I just dropped an episode titled Motorcycle Club Culture and the Sociological Imagination. And this is a follow-up to that. I wanted to kind of switch it up a bit. I enjoyed doing that episode, but it was um, kind of straightforward. I didn't really give any information that you couldn't find uh, on the internet doing some research. Or if you picked up a couple of books on motorcycle clubs, you could have learned all that. Um, I wanted to do something a little more controversial. And there is an issue in the motorcycle club culture that I think probably every single person who's been a member of a motorcycle club for any significant amount of time has experienced or they definitely have seen it. And that's bullying. Bullying starts very early uh, in uh, our lives. There's probably kids at preschools right now as I'm recording this episode who are engaging in, in bullying behavior, taking their classmates candy or I don't know, pushing them around. <laughs> their Halloween candy. Um, I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny stealing somebody's Halloween candy. What kind of bullying bullshit is that? Um, yeah, so it doesn't stop after elementary school, middle school, high school. Bullying can be found uh, in any age group, any organization, in the workplace. And it's something that... Uh, uh, just doesn't stop. Apparently, according to one research study I read, in the last six months, uh, one out of every two people have experienced some kind of bullying. Kind of sad, man. So bullying is very, very prevalent. And of course, it's becoming easier to bully now because you have the internet. You got all these internet keyboard gangsters out there who engage in all kinds of online bullying now. And this is... Uh, uh, something that um, we see a lot in social media. And anyway, I'm going to jump into all that. So, this one's going to be a little more controversial. It's definitely a topic that I think if you're in a motorcycle club and you're listening to this, man, you're going to be able to relate to, to a lot of the information that I present. At least you're going to 
be able to see, um, you know, much of what I talk about in probably your own community, your own, um, motorcycle club community. And, um, if you disagree with anything that I have to say, or if there's something in the show that, um, uh, you think isn't really true, feel free to reach out anytime. Just be polite. Don't be a fucking bully. All right. Enjoy the show. What exactly is bullying? I have a definition for you. Bullying is a distinctive pattern of repeatedly and deliberately harming and humiliating others, specifically those who are smaller, weaker, younger, or in any way more vulnerable than the bully. The deliberate targeting of those of lesser power is what distinguishes bullying from garden variety aggression. So, bullying can also involve verbal attacks, such as name-calling, making fun of others. You probably see that a lot in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, as well as physical threats, threats of harm, and other forms of intimidation, and deliberate exclusion from activities. So how does bullying play out on the motorcycle club set? Well, in a number of ways. You might have a, a club, maybe the dominant club. And if you listen to, the, to my episode on motorcycle club culture, you know that a dominant club is the main club in a particular area. So there is a social hierarchy of clubs. You have the dominant club and you have support clubs. Usually that dominant club has a lot of sway over all the other clubs. And then you have clubs that are kind of on the outs who aren't really under anybody. And they're trying to create their own lane or stay in their own lane. Maybe they're not um, all that keen on getting involved in the area's typical motorcycle club culture. So they're creating their own thing. And that could be a reason why somebody might get bullied. Um, I would say it's probably more about money and power than anything else. So what do these dominant clubs want you to do? Or what do their support clubs want you to do? They want you to go to their events. They want you to buy their tickets. They want you to hit the bar, buy drinks. They want you to attend their rides, attend their runs. Maybe you want to do a ride in your own club. Maybe you want to do a run. Maybe you make the mistake of doing your run or your ride on the same weekend that another club, maybe the dominant club or a club right underneath them, is holding another event. That could create some kind of tension. That tension could result in some type of bullying activity. But I would say it's probably more about power than anything else and control, social control, just like any other organization. But you see this a lot in motorcycle club culture. Again, it's one of those things that people don't want to talk about. Um, I would say that for the majority of people that I have run into on the motorcycle club set, man, everybody's cool. As long as you show respect, shake people's hands, say hello, usually you're going to get a pretty good response in return. But every now and again, if you make a mistake or you're perceived as not being a part of the group, 
or you don't come out and go to events when you're asked to. If you don't come out and pay that $20 for the ride or the run, if you don't uh, participate in their fundraising, you don't hit their bar, you don't go to their clubhouse, you again, don't pay tribute. That's what I like to call it, paying tribute. Pay tribute, you bow down to the dominant club, then yeah, you probably um, be good. And um, you may not have too many experiences with bullying, but I've seen it. Even where some of these clubs, they bow down, they pay tribute, they go to these events, and they still get bullied. And they still participate. Man, you might get bullied if you decide to hold an event, hold a ride, put together a run on the wrong weekend. Maybe you decide to put together a run on the same weekend the Dominic Club is putting on a run. Or some other club. It doesn't have to be the Dominic Club. It could just be another club. It's possible that club might take that as a sign of disrespect. Come after you. Maybe even ask you to pay some type of uh, fee. (laughs) In legal terms, we call it extortion. For having the gall of holding an event on their weekend. As if anybody owns the fucking calendar, right? But that could get you into a bullying situation on the set. You might find yourself getting jammed up if you just pop up on the scene. You got pop-up clubs. Talked a little bit about those in my last episode on motorcycle club subcultures. Pop-up clubs come out of nowhere. Maybe these guys have watched too many Sons of Anarchy and Mayans episodes and they decide we're going to start our own club. They get out there riding their bikes, got their cool patches and their cool vests until they get jammed up, until they get surrounded. Now, I always tell people, do not put a patch on your back unless you're prepared to defend it. It's not worth it. If you're prepared to defend it and you believe in what your club is doing, those are the right reasons. To join a club. Wrong reason, just because you think it's cool, because it's a fashion statement. There's a lot of people who love that side of it. And I'm not saying that's not an important part of the culture, because it probably is, you know, the fashion part of it. However, that could get you jammed up. Just popping up on the scene, putting MC on your vest. You might find yourself in a bullying situation there. I think there's a lot of jealousy out there too. There's some clubs that are just jealous of other clubs. And so they bully other clubs because they don't like the fact that maybe they're doing well. They're out there in their communities doing good work, having a good time. They're happy and they just want to fuck with them. And again, one of the things that I don't like about MC culture is this idea that there's this group of people that has control over everybody. The small group of people gets to tell everybody what to do. And if you're not doing what you're told to be doing, or if you're not following the rules, you know, it's kind of funny to me because, you know, these bikers pride themselves on, you know, living outside of society's norms. But once you break one of their rules, or maybe you're just doing too well, 
you might find yourself in one of these situations where you get bullied. You know, there's some clubs just want to have a good time. They don't want all the bullshit. They don't want to go to COCs. They don't want to hang out with a bunch of other clubs and get involved in their business. They want to stay to themselves. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Personally, if a club wants to do their own thing, stay in their own lane, or create their own lane, they should be allowed to do that. As long as they're not hurting anybody. But man, there's some motorcycle club bullies out there. Won't allow it. We're going to go to those clubs. No, you got to come to our our clubhouse. You got to come to our events. Got to buy our tickets. Got to sell our tickets. Got to hit the bar. Spend some money. Again, pay your tax. Pay your tribute. There's a lot of bullies out there. A lot of people who are what you might call the patch police who want to tell you when you can ride your bike, where you can ride your bike, or if you ride your bike too far out of your area, you got to check in. You don't check in, there's consequences. So what is checking in? Well, checking in, basically, if you ride your bike and you want to wear your vest, you want to wear your colors, you want to have your patches on, that you have to check in with the dominant group, the dominant club. And let them know, hey, I'm going to be riding through your area. And if you don't check in and you are riding through that area, you know, you could get stopped. Somebody might question you. And this might all sound really fucking ridiculous to the listener who's never been a part of a motorcycle club. And I would agree. It is ridiculous. And this is what I, what I, I often don't understand about these bullies. Is like, I could give a rat's ass what somebody is doing, where they're going, who they're going to see, and so forth. As long as they're not doing harm to society and not doing harm to me and my family and my community, I could give a shit. People should be free to go wherever the hell they want to go. But in some cases, at least in this culture, if you go somewhere and you ride your bike and you're wearing your club colors and you're in an area where, um, again, you're quote unquote, not supposed to be, you know, it could create some, some issues for you. You might get involved in a bullying situation. And again, this bullying situation could play out in a number of ways. It may start with name calling and, it might go from that to, you know, threats of violence, forms of intimidation. So I guess what I want to get into, like, who are these bullies? That's what I researched. That's what I wanted to know more about the bully, more about that individual or that organization. Can entire organizations act as bullies? I think that in some cases, yeah. I think a lot of these motorcycle clubs you know, they might have a, a president of the club who's a fucking bully and maybe a few other bullies that kind of encourage him to be a bully. But I think probably the majority of the members probably could care less about engaging in that type of activity. They just kind of go along with it. They go along with it because they're weak. Because, you know, they're a part of the group. They don't want to rock the boat. That's a big part of human nature. 
is wanting to be accepted by the group. And that's why people accept bullying, I think, in the motorcycle club scene is that, you know, they see other people doing it to speak out, to speak up can be a really difficult thing. And there's a lot of research on this. A lot of bullies get away with bullying behavior in elementary school and high school because the people who see it don't say anything. They're too afraid to. Or they're intimidated uh, by the bully or the bullying organization. And they're afraid, well, that person's going to turn their bullying activities on me. So a lot of people are afraid to speak up. Grown men afraid to speak out against bullying activities. And some of this bullying stuff is completely out of control. Absolutely, completely out of control. And I was reading a story, and I'll read it to you a little bit from the story I was reading about um, a motorcycle club. I'm not going to mention the name of the club, but I'm just going to mention some of the activities here. And you can see this as a great example of bullying in motorcycle clubs. So the story is from Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. I'm not going to mention the names of the motorcycle clubs involved. I'm just going to read a little bit from the article. Intimidation and threats of retaliation are just some of the issues highlighted in a federal court indictment against this particular club. And there's another club that was involved, and I guess there was a, a bullying situation, but there's a, an indictment that is part of a racketeering conspiracy that supposedly goes back to 2009. And it looks like, um, according to court documents, several members of this particular club, and they're calling it an outlaw motorcycle gang. Remember what I said, outlaw motorcycle clubs do not want to be called gangs. And when they see themselves as being outlaws, that doesn't mean they see themselves as being criminals. But the government... The feds definitely look at outlaw motorcycle clubs as a criminal uh, organization or criminal organizations. So this particular club are now facing numerous federal charges relating to acts of violence and extortion involving murder for hire, trafficking, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, narcotics distribution, and firearms violations. Again, all part of a racketeering conspiracy. That goes back more than a decade. So that's not what really caught my attention. I mean, the government has been going after motorcycle clubs for years for, uh, again, quote-unquote gang-related activities or organized crime activities. They've been trying to use the RICO Act against uh, motorcycle clubs that have been supposedly, again, engaging in many of the activities that I just mentioned, that I just read off. But what really caught my attention of this article was Um, On September 12th, according to court records, at approximately 1 a.m., 50 members of this one club, again, it was a dominant club of that area. Again, the dominant club, they oversee a particular area. They tend to be the ones who make the rules, tell support clubs um, that this is how things are going to be. They went to this other clubhouse of this other motorcycle club, I guess armed with handguns, AR-15 style rifles, and allegedly they forcibly entered the clubhouse and told this <laughs> this motorcycle club that they were going to be a support club. 
Uh, now it says patch over. I don't think this was a, a, a patch over. A patch over is when they one motorcycle club basically drops their name, drops their insignia, and then they become members of another motorcycle club. That's a patch over. But I'm thinking that they got the author got that wrong, and it looks like they just wanted them to be a support club and um, you know have some type of an allegiance to the dominant club. And that's uh, makes sense to me, right? Because that's how a lot of these motorcycle club uh, clubs work. So you have the dominant club. There's a social hierarchy involved, and underneath them are the support clubs. And there's a hierarchy of support clubs. Sometimes under the dominant club, you might have a club, uh, again, a one percent club that is maybe like um, the you got the majors and you got the minors, right? So the majors would be. So using a baseball analogy, the majors would be your professional baseball teams that are in the big leagues. The minors would be the uh, baseball players who are trying to work their way up maybe to become major leaguers. And you got a lot of those types of clubs. In some cases, those clubs are also uh, considered or they call themselves one percenters. I know there would probably be some old school bikers who would disagree with that. You'd probably say, well, a real one percenter isn't going to take uh, orders from any other club. Um, they're going to see themselves as being autonomous. Again, that's not really the topic of this episode. I really want to focus in on this the, on motorcycle clubs as bullies. Um, so apparently they wanted them to become a support club, and they wanted them to um, uh, support their events have allegiance to them and so forth. And again, this is a classic example of motorcycle club bullying. And this is something that I experienced in my um, uh, motorcycle club that I was a part of previously. You know, I'm a very independent person and I'm not going to be told where I can ride my bike and when I could ride my bike. It's one of the reasons why I stepped out of this motorcycle club is because I was being told that we're going to have to check in this this was this idea was crazy to me that you have to check in if you're riding to another area. So if you want to wear your patches and you don't check in, that could result in some type of consequence in motorcycle club culture. I'm just going to say it, that checking in is bullshit. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. I just don't, I don't understand it. I mean, I do, I guess I, uh, on a, on a certain level, I do understand it. And the argument would be, well, this is, you know, some old school biker shit, right? You know, this is about respect. If you're going to ride through somebody's area, you should let them know. Uh, I think it's about social control. I think it's about clubs thinking that they could tell smaller, weaker clubs what to do. And you see a lot of this in motorcycle club culture. And you see some dominant clubs or support clubs being uh, bullies and bullying other clubs and everybody just kind of watching it and going along with it. Not because they agree with it, but partly because they don't want to be bullied themselves. And it's not a problem until the attention is turned their way and they experience the bullying. But yeah, I think checking in is, is absurd. Um, now, you know, if you're going to ride your bike and you're going to go to some other town where there's a, a motorcycle club that 
is considered again the dominant club, and you're going to hit the bars, you're going to hit the, the the strip clubs, and you're going to uh, go partying and drinking. You might run into some trouble. But if you're just riding your bike through the area, uh, this idea, this notion that you have to again check in uh, doesn't sit well with me. And again, that's just my view, and I know there's probably a bunch of people out there in the motorcycle club community who would hear that and completely disagree. But um, I think a lot of these people, they're just so caught up in this system of social control that they can't see that these rules are bullshit and that they're really used to uh, control people and to allow one club to profit at the expense of other clubs. They have COCs, Confederation of Clubs, these uh, clubs that come together and they have a calendar and they all decide what month and what part of the month that they're going to hold their events. And they work out the date so that way there isn't any conflict. There's some clubs that are like, nah, I don't want to be a part of a COC. They just want to do their own thing. That could get you in some trouble. Trying to be independent. Again, not being a part of the herd So, you know, the American biker to me represents freedom, right? Getting on your bike, getting that wind therapy, meeting up with like-minded people who also ride motorcycle clubs. I wouldn't say it's all about freedom. Now, they might say it's about freedom, but there's more rules in motorcycle club culture than most organizations that I've been a part of. There are so many different norms and do's and don'ts. It's endless. And wherever you go, the the norms change. Again, I talked a lot about that in my last episode. And one of the norms that I really can't stand is that you have, again, a dominant club. And you pretty much have to go to their events. You have to pay tribute. You don't pay tribute. You don't pay the 20 bucks. For the ride that they put together, the run they put together, you don't hit the bar and spend money at the bar, then you get on their shit list. And that might lead to some type of bullying situation. Again, most people in the motorcycle club set are really cool people. I would argue that in many of these clubs, you might have one or two bullies in the club and everybody just kind of falls in line because, again, this is kind of the herd mentality that you see. That's what you you get uh, when you have, again, somebody who's a powerful, has a powerful personality, that person with that powerful personality can do a lot of good, but they could also do a lot of bad, especially if they're a bully. And a lot of people will go along with it. Again, people in the organization, people in these clubs, they see members of their clubs engaging in bullying behavior and they don't say shit. Why do people bully other people? Well, there's a number of reasons, according to the research. Again, some people exhibit very aggressive behavior at a very early age. Maybe they come from a broken family or they've experienced some kind of abuse. In some cases, people who bully others have been bullied before. Low self-esteem. There's a lot of, uh, of bullies. I would say the majority of them that I've encountered over the years, not just in the motorcycle club set, but, um, just bullies in general. Definitely low self-esteem. That's a big part of it. 
Um, there's something missing in their lives. They don't feel very good about themselves. And for whatever reason, intimidating, threatening other people makes them feel a little superior. So low self-esteem is a big part of it. I think every bully ever ever encountered had some kind of self-esteem issue. Now, they don't want you to think that they have self-esteem issues. But to me, if you're going to bully something or if you're going to uh, throw a tantrum because somebody uh, is uh, riding through your area and they don't check in, man, you got some kind of serious self-esteem issues. Or if they're holding an event the same weekend that you're holding an event and you take that as a sign of disrespect, man, that's kind of sad. Um, maybe difficult home life. That's kind of some of the research argues that a lot of bullies, you know, they've, they come from broken homes. Maybe their um, father was a bully. Maybe their mother was a bully. Low access to education. A lot of bullies, not all of them, but um, many of them aren't as educated, aren't as evolved. They're what I like to call knuckle draggers. All right. They're less evolved human beings. To me, if you're uh, a, a decent human being, you're not going to engage in any kind of bullying behavior. And if you do see that type of bullshit, you're going to step in and say, hey, man, that's not right. But I think the main reason at least for motorcycle clubs, is that bullies gain power from bullying others. And a lot of these people have uh, narcissistic personality disorders or borderline personality disorder or some kind of mood disorder, and that just makes it worse. So research does find that a lot of bullies suffer from mood disorders, especially somebody who has narcissistic personality uh, disorder. You're dealing with a pretty fucked up person. But some of these people don't even understand other people's feelings or they don't care. So this is a distinctive cognitive feature of a bully. Narcissistic personality disorder is a pattern of behavior that causes people to have an overinflated sense of self-importance or worth. Man, you see that in a lot of bullies. And you definitely have that in the motorcycle club set. A lot of these presidents, a lot of people who run these these clubs, man, they're definitely suffering from narcissistic personality disorder. Not all of them, by all means, not all, not even nine, not even half. I would say this is just a small segment of the community. Let me reiterate, so don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that everybody who runs a motorcycle club has narcissistic personality disorder, just a very small group. All it takes is a few of them just to disrupt the the harmony, right, and the peace that most of us are seeking in life. And I would even argue if you want peace in your life, man, don't put a patch on your back. Stay the fuck away from motorcycle clubs if you want peace because you're bound to run into these people. But anyway, with people with a person, a narcissistic personality disorder, um, see themselves as being higher or better than others. They see themselves as being entitled or having some kind of special privilege. Like, you know, hey, I get to make up the rules here. You can't have your ride on this weekend. And if you do have your ride, man, you got to give us a kickback. Extortion. Man, I have seen that. I have seen it myself. Extortion. I'm just going to say it. it's the truth. Seeing other clubs try to extort other clubs. When somebody with narcissistic personality disorder doesn't get their way, man, they throw a fucking tantrum. And that could lead to bullying behavior. 
They also have borderline personality disorder. This is a little different. This is a disorder characterized by extreme inappropriate anger and a pattern of unstable relationships. Man, a lot of bullies have borderline personality disorder. These people can become angry for no good reason. And these are not the people you want to be around. Trust me. And then, of course, you have the internet now. And I had mentioned it before. You have these keyboard cyber gangsters. So cyber harassment takes bullying to a whole nother level. And sometimes it's carried out anonymously as well. So the victims of cyberbullying, they don't even know who the perpetrators are. And I can only imagine some of these, um, what do you want to call them, these uh, creators on YouTube who talk about motorcycle club uh, culture and they talk about motorcycle club heritage and tradition and protocols. I'm sure they get a lot of cyber hate, a lot of cyber bullying. So the fact that somebody can get behind a keyboard and say some really ugly things or threaten somebody, this is, uh, again, very common. So who do bullies target? Well, they target people who don't stand up for themselves. They target the weak. They target people who are generally afraid of somebody who appears to have power. Why don't bystanders stop in? Well, they might enjoy watching someone get bullied. There's a lot of people who will stand and watch it happen and not intervene. How do you handle a bully? Well, my dad gave me the best advice. He said, you got to stand up for yourself. You can't let people bully you. There were a few times I went home and told my dad and my mom, well, this kid's picking on me or this kid's trying to push me around. And I remember this one situation. I was a freshman in high school and there was this older kid. He was a big guy too. I think he was a junior. I was a freshman and man, big time bully. And he was pushing around a lot of people. And one day he turned his attention to me and I was like, oh shit, I'm the one now who's getting bullied. And at the time, you know, we really didn't talk about bullying. Bullying was so much a part of uh, American culture. When I was a kid, it was kind of normalized. Just now do we kind of talk about it in a sociological, psychological, academic way. But during that time, it was, you know, kill or be killed, right? So anyway, I went home, told my dad, I was like, man, this guy, man, he's just, uh, you know, he's picking on me, so on and so on. And my dad's like, well, you got to stand up for yourself. I'm like, well, he's bigger than me. And my dad was just like, well, find out if he has any heart. So I go back to school and fight him. He's like, so what if you get your ass kicked? At least he knows that if he messes with you, he's going to have to put something on it. And bullies are smart. If you push back a little bit, sometimes they'll back off. Not always. I mean, this situation I just read about this one club who is, you know, bullying this other club, going there with guns. I can only imagine what led up to that situation. I could imagine the one club probably said, no, nah, we're not going to be a support club. We're not going to play by your rules. There's no reason for us to. And that, you know, probably rubbed this one club the wrong way. And obviously this club was willing to do some pretty crazy wild shit, at least according to the reports, uh, to gain power over this other club. But sometimes if you just stand up to a bully just one time, that's all it takes just once, 
uh, they'll turn their attention, their bullying activities to somebody else. And so when I went back to school, um, I did exactly what my dad said, and he was right. This guy backed off right when I said, well, fuck it, let's go. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, man, we're good. So a lot of these bullies, I mean, you just got to stand your ground. And it's a hard thing to do to stand on your own two feet. I've seen it a lot in the MC world where, um, you know, you don't want to have a target on you, obviously. You want to be a part of the group. You want people to accept you. You know, I'm not really like that. I'm not really um, built that way. To me, I'm going to, uh, I guess, surround myself with people who, I, number one, I want to be around and people who treat me with respect. And also, I want to be around people who treat others with respect as well. Now, that's not to say there's going to be any kind of differences, especially when you get men together. If you get men together, there's going to be differences. There's going to be personality clashes. There's going to be situations where two guys don't get along for whatever reason. And sometimes those two guys just got to work it out. But that's not really bullying. That's just human behavior. Completely different situation. And in motorcycle clubs, you get a lot of that. But bullying activities on the motorcycle club set typically result in the one club, the subservient club, basically bowing down because they don't want the target on their back because they have jobs. They have families. They don't want to put on uh, their colors and take a ride on their bike and be harassed. And so basically they are subservient to the point of, you know, going to events, checking in. If they get a call and told they have to be somewhere, they'll be there. And I'm just certainly not built that built that way. So how do you handle a bully? I know it's hard. You got to stand up for yourself. It's easier said than done. Sometimes it's scary to stand up to somebody who you know has a lot of sway and power over people. And a lot of these bullies do. Or somebody who's aggressive and violent. You may not be a very aggressive person. You may not ever want to engage any kind of violent behavior. You may not even see yourself as being able to do that. But that should not stop you, stop anybody from standing up for themselves. If you see bullying behavior, you should step in and back the person who's being bullied. Uh, That's a hard thing to do too. And I see this a lot in um, not just in motorcycle clubs, just in general, where somebody will see some type of bullying behavior and people will just watch it. Not just my own experiences, again, in high school, but I've seen it even at work. Motorcycle clubs is a little different. It's very difficult to stand up because you might have a dominant club that might be real scary to everybody else. And there's a lot of mystique about these clubs. These, again, one percenters. But I love it when I see a club that's independent, does their own thing, doesn't worry about what the crowd is doing. They're not a part of the herd. 
They don't just go along with all the rules, with all the bullshit rules. And I know what some people are going to say. They're going to say, oh, well, these rules are there for a reason. They're to keep people in line so people don't get out of control. Maybe. Possibly. Sometimes these rules are in place just so one organization can tax another organization. So one organization can extort another. How do you put a stop to that? You got to stand up for yourself. Got to ask yourself, hey, am I capable of going along with this behavior? Am I capable of following these rules? Are you willing to accept the bullying behavior? Some people will get bullied and, you know, they accept it. And they're like, well, you know, that's just how it works on the motorcycle club set. It's a social hierarchy. You're going to have people who are at the top. You're going to have people in the middle and people at the bottom. If somebody comes to you and aggressively asks you to do something, you don't want to do it, you may just go along with it just because you don't want the trouble. But if somebody were to ask me, man, how do I deal with this kind of behavior? How do I deal with a bully? The answer is simple. Got to stand up for yourself. Well, this episode has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking about this topic. Again, bullying is widespread throughout the United States, throughout the world. Every single culture probably has some form of bullying, and motorcycle clubs are no different. And I hope that uh, you learned a little bit about uh, the sociology of bullying, the psychology of it, And I hope you never find yourself in a situation where you have to deal with a bully. But I'm sure most people who are listening to this episode have dealt with some kind of bullying behavior. Maybe you're the bully. You are a bully. Knock it off. Stop it. Uh, Again, if I got something wrong or you don't agree with something that I shared in the show, feel free to reach out. But don't be a bully, please. Again, last thing I want to say, most people in motorcycle clubs are decent people. I mean, really, we're talking about a small group of individuals who kind of fuck it up for everybody else. I will say this, though. A lot of people on the motorcycle club set, man, like I said, it's kind of like a herd. It's a herd mentality. They just go along with everybody else. I mean, that is a fundamental human drive is to want to be accepted by the group. Even if the group is engaging in some crazy behavior. And what's wild about it is I've seen it happen and I've seen other people speak out against it privately. And I'm like, hey man, why don't you do something? Why don't you go tell that person? You don't like that, you know, uh, the way that person's treating you or the way that person's treating it. Why don't you say something? Well, it's not my place to. Not until it happens to you. So anyway, this is another episode of the 7th Generation Podcast in the sociological imagination. If you haven't checked out um, my episode on motorcycle club culture and you're listening to the show for the first time, got to go check it out. A lot of the things I talked about, the terminology 
uh, is explained in that episode in regards to motorcycle uh, club culture. And uh, for those of you who are in a motorcycle club, if you're listening to this, it'd be really cool if you hit me back uh, with some, uh, some feedback on the show. I'd be interested in knowing what other people think of it. All right, y'all. Take care. Peace.